Are you recording now? Recording. <laughs> this is gonna sound weird. Things are about to get weird. Just get to the murder. And welcome back. Welcome back. Every time we start the podcast, I always feel like I'm like a late night radio host. Like, this is Sydney. Let's just kick back. Listen to some smooth jams. Then it turns into screamo. Could be. <laughs> hope, ho- ho- hope not. Because that um, music genre definitely spikes my anxiety. Yeah. It'll, ri- it'll make somebody drive off the road when they uh, are expecting smooth jazz. But then it turns into some screamo band that I don't know the name of. Because I do not listen to that type of music. Yeah. You know, you, you could be just thinking you're listening to some nice jazz music and then you get attacked by the axe murderer of new orleans oh god or the uh the bee from the bee movie flies in your window you like jazz (laughs) (laughs) and then he steals your wife Uh, before we mention the movie, this is a podcast, by the way, if you're listening, called This Is Gonna Sound Weird. I'm Taylor. And I'm Sydney. And each week, we cover a topic about all things true crime, paranormal, and everything in between. And everything in between is the B-movie. Um, Taylor, what's our theme this week? Uh, our theme this week is Haunted Haunted Jails. Um... Uh, now back to the back B to movies. the B movies. <laughs> so I watched it for the first time in college, um, on the treadmill at the gym, and I don't know why I didn't think it was all that weird. But now that I look back on it and all the TikTok, you know, memes and such, I'm like, that's a weird movie. I need to revisit it to do like a an analysis on it. You know what? Uh, it's very much. Like, I watched it when I, I... I don't... I feel like it's written in a way that you don't realize how weird it is. In the moment, you're like, you're yeah. like, whatever. It just kind of goes with the plot. Like, they go to... These, these just... bees go to court. <laughs> See? It is kind of like uh, the movie, you know, Ted with the bear. He gets a girlfriend. So... It's, and that's a teddy bear. Why can't a bee have a girlfriend? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, then you look back on it and you're like, kind of weird. Um, that Seinfeld guy, what's he got going on in his brain? It's kind of weird, I guess, maybe that it's a kid's movie. I guess Ted is not a kid's movie. So adults can look at it with maybe a more critical eye. <laughs> but the bee movie, I, I think it's supposed to be a kid's movie. Yeah. Listen, that movie taught me a lot about pollination, so I think it inspired a whole generation of us young millennials getting bee tattoos. Damn, I want a bee tattoo. We all... Put a little saxophone on him. We all want a bee tattoo. And I blame Jerry... And I'm getting I blame Jerry Seinfeld for it. (laughs) I do too. Damn it. Damn you, Jerry Seinfeld. And your great performance as, a, as an animated B movie. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So that that was B movie talk. Um. 
Yeah. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, but if, but, if you, <laughs> but if you didn't come here for a, a bee erotica, um, perhaps <laughs> some haunted jails would, you know, strike your fancy a bit more. Yep. I'd agree. And don't worry. If that is the case, you've come to the right place. Because Taylor will be telling me about a haunted jail, and then I will, in turn, turn around and tell her about a haunted jail. That's the way the format of this podcast works. That is true. And before I do that, I'm going to take a sip out of my water bottle so as not to choke. It's a new water bottle. It's a new emotional support water bottle that I've recently gotten. Wow. So... You know, you go along with life, you find yourself an emotional support water bottle, it's fateful to you for many years, and then one day you just turn around and, um, you know, slap, stab it in the back and get another one? I did. I stabbed it in the back. I got another one. This one is customized. I customized the colors. Um, it's kind of childlike, but I don't care. The colors for people on... The interwebs, the purple, is, the bottle itself is like a lavender purple. It's a hydro flask. Uh, the top is like a yellow. The handle is like a blue. And the bottom is like an orange. I was going with like a late 1990s, like Nickelodeon-esque vibe when I custom designed this water bottle. Oh, yes. It's giving safe. Uh, it's giving okay. safe by the bell. That's what I was going for. So, yeah. And if you want to get a customized hydro flask... You can customize the colors. It's only five more dollars than the just regular colors, so I say go for it. Listen, I'm not even going to talk any more shit, because after seeing it now, I I may get my own customized Hydro Flask. And, and the uh, customizable ones come with the little uh, silicone thing on the bottom, so it don't slip around all over the place. And if you want to pay an extra six dollars on top of the five, you can get... Either, like, your own custom words engraved to get you a little design. I thought about it, but I didn't. So, yeah. This is this is not sponsored by Hydro Flask, but I'd love it if it would be. Listen, I think we'd all love it. Um, and if it was, Hydro Flask, if you're listening, um, just use promo code WEIRD for X mm-hmm. amount off. We've already got it planned. Y'all just need to... Come over my way. My old water bottles, Hydro Flask. Sydney, I got a Hydro Flask. flask. I think we've all got a Hydro Flask. Listen, I, in college, Mm -hmm. was confident that if I was attacked on campus, well, because, you know, I'd go to the library late at night. I was confident that if I was attacked, I would be able to defend myself via Hydro Flask. Oh, it's my weapon. That's why you always got to have it filled up, though, too. Because that bitch is heavy. <laughs> yeah, especially if you get the one with the little strap on top. I was prepared to just absolutely mm-hmm. annihilate a bitch. I'm also prepared. Um, but now I'm prepared to tell a story. Sorry, people who hate chatting. Our lives are just so incredibly interesting. We just have to They them. are. Okay, so I'm moving on to my haunted jail. I'm doing... My story on the Ohio State Reformatory. And these are my sources. The Ohio State Reformatory, like, their own page. And I don't know why, but the the name of the page, like the actual link, mrps.com. I don't know what that stands for, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, wikipedia.com, travelchannel.com, onlyinyourstate.com, an article by 
Macbeth. So, the Ohio State Reformatory is an impressive structure located in Mansfield, Ohio. And it honestly looks just like a prison that you would think an old prison in the movies would look like. And this description is pretty accurate because the Ohio State Reformatory was actually the inspiration and the background for the acclaimed book and movie and my husband's favorite movie, The Shawshank Redemption. Wait, 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 wait. That's his favorite movie? Yes. That's, that's an odd one. Yes, it is. I don't know why it's his favorite movie. I have only watched it, I've only watched like half of it. Like, when we went to the beach recently, I watched the end of it. I think I don't want to watch The Shawshank Redemption because I get that and The Green Mile kind of conflated in my head. And I will not watch The Green Mile. I hate that movie. My dad made me watch it when I was a little kid. Sorry, dad. I know he says it's a classic, but it's horrible. It's horrible, horrible, horrible. The the mouse and his sadness. The mouse's owner when he gets electrocuted so terribly. Don't watch that movie. Ugh. I hate that yep. movie. I kind of thought that you were going to say that it was The Green Mile. I, I've i never no. seen Shawshank never. Redemption. I don't know if he gets redeemed. So, I just don't know. Um, sp- Spoiler alert. The guy breaks himself out of jail. Um, And then, honestly, I'm not really sure what happens after that because I didn't pay too much attention while he watched it. But yes, that's Brandon's favorite movie. I don't know what to tell you. My favorite movie is Hocus Pocus, so, like, I can't say much. Because that is a, an odd choice by many. Many would say that's not the, a great choice of favorite movie. But I don't care. I, I couldn't say. Anyways. I like it. Anyways. I I'm, like it. I enjoy it. I've never seen Shawshank Redemption. So. Well, maybe maybe we'll have to do a watch party and get back to the people. Brandon can narrate to us his favorite his favorite scenes. Please do. So, <laughs> before this, the site of the reformatory was a prison. The, like, location of it actually used to be a training camp for Civil War soldiers. And it was called Camp Mordecai Bertley. and was named in honor of a Mansfield man by the same name. And he served as governor of Ohio in the 1840s. Now, the reformatory itself started to be built in 1886. And the local community and political community community were pretty excited because you know this reformatory was probably going to provide a pretty good source of employment to the locals and boost the economy i mean as sad as it is uh, a prison is always going to need people to work there so there was going to be a lot of jobs created and the reformatory was intended to be an intermediate penitentiary Uh, For offenders who were either too old or too violent for juvenile corrections, but had committed a more minor offense than those people who would be sent to an Ohio, to the Ohio State Penitentiary. So it's kind of like, you know, in the middle of the two. Hence, intermediate penitentiary. Uh, So the reformatory, because of this, placed a lot of importance on preparing the offenders to be successfully reintegrated, you know, back into society. And they were taught basic trades and, you know, just they were trying to do the whole rehabilitation thing, Um, which, as we know, a lot of times doesn't really work. And this goal was even reflected in the design of the reformatory. So the guy who um, the original architect blended like three different styles of architecture um, and they were Victorian Gothic, Richardson, Richard, oh, Lord. 
Richardsonian Romanesque and Queen Anne. I don't really know what any of that is except for Victorian Gothic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything um, else just sounds like people's names. Yes. Uh, but the goal of this, which if we'll post a picture of this on uh, the Instagram, because this prison does not look like, you know, modern day prisons, but they he built it in such a way to... Uh, help encourage the, quote, inmates to become reborn back into their spiritual lives. And that is a quote directly from Wikipedia. So basically, even the architecture of the place was just trying to help them, I don't know, lift their spirits, make them think about what they had done, all that stuff. Now, on September 15th of 1896, the reformatory officially opened its doors and took in its first 150 offenders. These 150 offenders were brought to the reformatory from Columbus, Ohio, by train, and they were immediately put to work on the sewer system of the prison, as well as building the 25-foot stone wall which surrounded the complex. So, their first prisoners were put to work to create the prison. Mm. And any time I've heard this as a tactic, it doesn't go quite well. And, like, you know, I understand they probably need workers, whatever. They were they were claiming they were teaching them trades, so maybe part of their trades was to teach them how to lay stones. You know, I don't know. But when you're building the place that's going to keep you, you know, trapped, I just don't think it goes well. It doesn't boost the morale. No, it doesn't. It's like building your own coffin. Yeah, exactly. So, as I said, you know, this prison started as a place where people who were too violent for some locations, but not violent enough for others. Uh, this goal, this lofty goal, didn't last very long because prison populations began to swell in the 1900s and prisons were becoming overcrowded and this forced the reformatory to accept people who were convicted of more violent crimes. So their goal of being an intermediate penitentiary didn't last very long at all. And because of this, issues obviously were occurring In the late 1930s, a riot broke out in the East Cell Block. This riot resulted in the guards um, punishing at least 120 rioters by forcing them to all share 12 solitary confinement cells, which are quite small. I didn't do the math on it, but that's a lot of people to a cell. And they were in those cells for one week, and apparently they were not allowed any food or water. Wait. Water. Were they able to leave? To go into the bathroom. Um, you know, it didn't say specifically, but oh, I'm gonna say oh, no. Oh God, that that's uh, pure speculation on my part. Um, but yeah, because I mean, could you imagine? I don't know how they got them out of there, but I couldn't imagine as being a prison guard even wanting to open the door with all the people in there because you know they are absolutely like. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And they're in there like Honestly. sardines, so they're just going to fall out oh, as yeah. soon as you open the door. Yeah, and obviously, because of these extreme conditions, it drove some of these inmates you know, into madness and eventually drove them into death. So, that is very unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the reformatory was open for quite a long time, and it was open into the 1960s, at least. And at this point, it was getting very, very crowded and overpopulated. And this is just cause for conflicts and also disease. Um, sometimes the guards would even have to put two people in death row cells, which 
are typically one person in a death row cell. They did not have like cellies or bunkmates. It's just one. But they had to put two. And this resulted in the death of one of those death row um, inmates. The incident was realized when the guards were doing their morning rounds and they noticed that there was a prisoner missing. And when the guards inspected the cell, they found a person's body broken and stuffed up underneath the bunk bed. Oh, God. So, not good. And, you know, somebody might be like, well, they were on death row, so they were going to die anyways. But, like, not necessarily. They could have been on death row and were there, uh, you know, and they were actually innocent. You never know. That's why people on death row get so many appeals and such. Because we don't want to kill somebody who's actually innocent. Also, did you see that Adnan Syed, I can't. I don't think he was on death row, I'm not really sure, um, but he got released. Interesting, I did not see that. Yes, I think he officially got released. I originally had saw something where he, they were thinking about releasing him, but I think they officially released him. I'm not sure the details, but if anybody is interested in that, it is a very recent um, update. And if you don't know anything about it, go listen to the Serial Podcast because it's a really good podcast and it tells you basically everything you need to know. But, back to this story. So, by the late 1960s, the reformatory was simply becoming too dangerous and honestly, it had been dangerous for a while. However, the reformatory continued to operate until 1990 when the reformatory officially closed its doors as a result of the prisoners filing a class action lawsuit due to overcrowding and inhumane conditions of the reformatory. So the prisoners had to literally sue before this place could get shut down. And like, it makes sense. This place was built back in the 1800s or something. It was not built to, you know, house people like in a modern time it probably just it just probably wasn't a facility that could house as many people as it needed anymore so now throughout the around 100 years that the reformatory was open many prisoners died of disease including tuberculosis influenza some were driven mad some died by suicide in many instances by hanging and there's one account of a prisoner lighting himself on fire which is just oh yeah and bad. how was he even able to do and, that? Uh, honestly, back in the day, I think that you could get pretty resourceful in a prison. Even now, you could probably get access. I mean, okay, people in prison definitely get access to lighters because I know they smoke cigarettes in prison. Um, yeah. So they have yeah, their ways. Yeah, that's a fair point. I mean, every now and then on my TikTok, I see people who are in prison posting TikToks. I mean, it looks like they filmed it on a toaster, like the video quality isn't there, but that just tells you the the possibilities. Which Which I've learned too from like, at least from, Brandon used to be a correctional officer at a um, it was like a it was a county, like jail so it wasn't a prison, it was county jail, but a lot of ways that they would get like banned items in would be through the trustees who are like trusted with making the food taking out the trash and stuff like that so like some of the ones that maybe take out the trash they have like a friend in the area who will bring let's say a lighter they'll bring the lighter and kind of hide it in the trash dump outside and then they'll pick it up because they'll like know it's there or something and then that's how stuff like gets in so it's kind of uh it's an interesting dynamic of how how uh things work in prisons and such. Mm -hmm. 
I watch a lot of prison shows because I like to understand the ins and outs of how it works. But this prison, it's, you know, it's an old prison and a lot of people died there. So it even has its own graveyard right near the property. And apparently the graveyard has at least like 215 numbered graves. And that's just the numbered graves. So they think, you know, maybe there's other unmarked, unnumbered graves. But this, you know, just shows that this is not a great place. And the people who are dying here are clearly, you know, they don't have family coming to get them and take them to like, their church graveyard or anything. So it's kind of sad. Um, I wouldn't want to be buried on a prison property, which probably makes sense as to why it is. Spoiler alert, haunted. <gasps> what? Yes. Um, I buried the lead. I'm sorry. Yep. Yep. That does make sense. Now, now a little tangent. Um, we live here in uh, North Carolina and... We have a haunted, it used to be um, a mental hospital here in Raleigh, and uh-huh. they have a bunch of unmarked graves because, very sadly, a lot of people, who, like, back in the day, they wouldn't be able to, like, care for someone with special needs or with any sort of mental disability, yep. so they literally would drive to Raleigh, and they would open the door, and they would just let their family member out, and they would drive away. And so then the people working mm-hmm. at the hospital would have no way of knowing who these people were. And then eventually, you know, they would die, and they don't, like, they they have no idea who this person was. Yeah, it's uh pretty sad. The, that whole thing, uh, the, the Dorothea Dix, is interesting. It's also interesting, I heard one time, I don't know how true this is, that when they finally closed... Some of the people who are, like, that were there, they just kind of let them loose and didn't really do anything, like, help them go somewhere else. And that accounted for, at one point, a lot of the, like, houseless, homeless population in Raleigh, which is real sad because you can't just let people go when they've become accustomed to, you know, having help in life like that. Yeah. And not put a program in place to help them. Yeah, I'm not fully sure how that all worked. But, I mean, obviously, you know, back in the day, the way that they dealt with mental illness wasn't the best in general. So, I mean, the thought of them just literally sending these people out into the world is not out of the question. I would hope that they would do something else for them. Um, but, I don't know. If, if you do know, um, let us know. Yeah, I would like to know. that. That yeah, That's just a rumor I heard. Which also, it could make sense if somebody was there and they got released and they thought maybe they had family. This is like back in the day. If they thought maybe they had family to go back to and then they didn't. Who knows, you know, what could happen. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Um, back to the prison. We've got a lot of tangents in this episode, people. Keeping it lively. Even though, I guess this last tangent wasn't very lively. It was kind of sad. It wasn't very lively. Um, <laughs> it was just it sad. Was, but it was a tangent nonetheless. Um, it, it was. So, you know, like I said, like I spoiled, um, it's not surprising that this prison has its fair share of ghostly sightings and accounts. And it is apparently considered one of the most haunted places in Ohio, if not the haunted, most haunted place. Um, and I said, I don't really know how hard it is to get that title, but there, there it has it. Yeah, is there a lot of places in Ohio that are 
haunted and uh you know up to the competition mm, i'd probably say probably not but you know what if you're from ohio let us know because what do i know i've never been to ohio me either uh, but i haven't heard great things no offense if you live in ohio i just my, heard it's kind of gloomy yeah my stepdad's family's from there um the people i don't know i'm not gonna talk shit about ohio i doubt i'll ever go because i mean there's just not really anything there i need to go for the only time i can see myself going is if i wanted to go to ohio and i wanted an excuse so i went to like watch a panthers game against one of their teams and just like did a weekend to see what ohio is all about I mean, I'll, I'll eventually, uh, have, I will so, eventually go because I do want to go to all 50 states, but I'll, I'll let you know true, if anything pops off. Yeah, I guess I should have that goal too, so I guess I'll go there. Um, but, you know, I feel like I'd rather go to Ohio than Indiana. I don't know nothing about Indiana, but it seems worse. Sorry if you live in Indiana. <laughs> Welcome I, to our- I used to watch the middle. Welcome to our podcast where we just shit on other states. <laughs> oh, well, if you live in like Washington or Oregon, I'd really love to come to your state. So I don't, I don't want to shit on all of them. We'll rank them. But, you know, we're going back to Ohio. Uh, the most haunted place in Ohio, if you will. So, in recent years, people have been able to visit the uh, and tour the reformatory because after it was abandoned in the 90s, it was abandoned for a pretty long time. Like, I think throughout a lot of the 2000s. But a group of activists in the area rallied together and purchased it. And they actually purchased it for just $1 from the state. And they committed to repairing the reformatory um, to its, you know, as much of its original appearance as possible. So, they reformed it. And now, people can go. And visitors and tour guides have been pushed by ghostly uh, figures while they're there. They've even been punched by unseen entities. I think I'm out on that. Yeah. I would also be have to say be I'd be out on that. Just get my shit yep. rocked um, by an unknown entity. I don't yeah. want to get my shit rocked uh, by people... a known entity. <laughs> no, at least if it's a known entity, you can see it coming. This is true. Now, people also report to feel an unexplained chill in the air while in the prison and on the prison grounds. People hear the cell doors slam, which I, that's scary to me. I don't like that. Um, and they see dark apparitions walking around the jail. And apparently the road leading up to the reformatory is also haunted. Um, not by a prisoner, I don't think, but apparently there's a ghost of a person who's been spotted on the road leading up there and her name or their name is phoebe wise and they were like a well-known one source called them like a like a person who lived like a hermit lifestyle you know they were just kind of like off the grid i guess um, but they've seen that ghost on the road i don't know what that means i don't know how reliable that is but that is something that i read okay yeah that is kind of random it's very random. Now, I know that this 
story is about haunted jails. And this jail is haunted. But, like, there was nothing special about the hauntings. But what I thought was interesting were the tours that you can take when you go to this jail. So, when you visit the reformatory today, there's multiple tours and things you can do when you go. You can do a self-guided tour, you know, just walk yourself around. You can do guided tours. Now, these are not haunted tours. These are just regular tours. I'll get to the haunted ones. These are just regular ones. One is the Hollywood Meets History Tour. One is the Beyond the Bars Tour. You can do the Old Sparky Tour, which is a tour about the electric chair and the history of Ohio executions. Um, that one, I don't know about that one. I'd, I'd probably take it. Um, and you can also do the Shawshank Bus Tour. Now, they also have ghost tours. So, they have just regular ghost tours that you can, you know, like if you went to Charleston, you go on a ghost tour. But, you can also conduct ghost hunts here. So, they will help you conduct a ghost hunt. And they have different levels. You can go to a ghost hunt for beginners, intermediates, and for advanced ghost hunters. And that even, well, they even have classes to, like, teach you how to be a ghost hunter for, like, different age groups and all sorts of stuff. So, like, there's clearly a lot of ghosts here, but I think it's probably is just, like, the typical door slamming, hearing stuff, all that. It's just, like, so much that there's not too many, like, specific accounts because it's kind of almost like this place. People are like, this place is haunted. And if you pay us, we will show you via a ghost hunt. Yeah, it's just uh, overall so, yeah, I got that some was... bad juju. Yeah. And so, honestly, actually, I may go to Ohio for this. I was thinking about looking this up. I was like, I could take Brandon here for, like, something. He would love to go see this uh, place and do, like, a ghost hunt or something. That would be, like, a fun birthday gift one year. Take, like, I don't know how long the flight is from here to Ohio, but it can't be that long. Take a weekend birthday trip one year and go do the, maybe I'll do the old Sparky tour during the day and then do a ghost tour at night. Yeah, you definitely could do that. Um, I wonder, you know, what qualifies an expert, you know, because you said that you can be an intermediate beginner. Like, I've watched a lot of uh-huh. ghost hunters. So, like, like, could I just be like, yeah, um, I know exactly how Zach Baggins would would react to this situation, and I just go in there and start screaming. Screaming. Um, you know, my thoughts would probably be that we will be beginners, because I think you would, you would have to learn how to use the equipment, you know? Like, we know the techniques of going in and screaming, but we gotta learn the mechanics of how to use the EMF reader that's, and detector and all that, enough. so. I'm gonna start out, yeah, I'm gonna start out as a beginner, and then once I get used to it, then I can start screaming. And being hella disrespectful to those ghosts. Good idea, good idea. Gotta learn the mechanics of how to uh, ghost bust. Uh-huh. But uh, that's the Ohio State Reformatory that I actually really want to go see now. So, I don't know where Mansfield, Ohio is, but if you're from there, let me know if there's anything else to do other than see the Ohio State Reformatory. Alright, let us know. Um, thank you for that. Um, you're welcome. I... You know, I thought I was going to do a different jail than I did, and then I switched it up. I thought I was going to do one in Charleston, but 
the one in Charleston, I'm going to save that one. Not in Charleston. I was also thinking about doing one in Charleston, but I was also going to do one in St. Augustine. But then uh-huh. I was like, no, hold back, Sydney. Save that for another one. Because that one, I want to go St. Augustine. They have a very haunted jail. And uh, I want to go on their jail hmm. tour just to really get all the experience. Then I'm going to let y'all know how it goes. But um, I, yeah. this week I have chosen to do my story on Alcatraz. Wow. I've never heard of it before. Well, that's good because I'm going to tell you a little something about it. <laughs> so my sources, I used Arcadia Publishing, Legends of America, Wikipedia and culturetrip.com. So, Alcatraz Island, if you're like Taylor and you don't know, is an island, duh, located <laughs> just off the coast of San Francisco, California. And it was originally chosen in the 1850s to be a military prison. And this was due to their cold water that surrounds the island and those waters have really strong currents so obviously you know if you tried to escape it would you, you probably wouldn't make it or um, no. it would at least deter you from even trying and the mm-hmm. isolated nature of the island made it perfect to house soldiers convicted of their crimes it actually was used to house uh, confederate soldiers during the civil war which is crazy because I didn't even know that that I don't like I don't like I was, that don't make no sense. <laughs> I was about to say that I was like, first off, this is gonna sound dumb, but California was the thing back then. Obviously, it was the thing, but like it was settled and they had like a whole ass thing to make a jail. Also, that seems like a long way to send. A soldier from the Civil War, because I picture, maybe I'm dumb, I picture most of fighting on the East Coast, right? Yeah. So, I guess, and I'm, I could be wrong in this, because, I mean, I didn't look too far into it. It, I think it's also partially that it was, like, people, you know, after the war, maybe, like, Confederate soldiers were wanted, and, you know, they had fled, Mm. I guess, out to California, or... You know, they would get arrested and they'd send them out there. But. That's true. Yeah, maybe they just wanted to get them out of here. They wanted them all far as far away as possible. Yeah, but I saw that and I was like, that's different. I never would have thought that. Yeah, I did. No, I didn't either. But. uh, In 1909, construction began on the main cell block. And this was to accommodate the federal prison that opened in August of 1934 and the prison was designed to hold criminals who continually cause problems at other federal prisons so like for instance there was one in Atlanta and if you you know got arrested and were held there and you know they just couldn't couldn't keep you under control they would then send you to Alcatraz so, on August 11th, 1934, the first batch of prisoners arrived at Alcatraz, and most of the prisoners were notorious bank robbers and murderers, and Alcatraz housed infamous gangsters, such as Al Capone, a.k.a. Scarface, 
Robert Franklin Strode, who was known as the Birdman of Alcatraz, George Machine Gun Kelly, and Bumpy Johnson. (laughs) I'm sorry. When you said Machine Gun Kelly at first, I thought you were joking. And I was like, wait. (laughs) I can't believe it. Um, Before he was dating Megan Fox, he was doing hard time (laughs) on the San Francisco island. Oh, God. Yeah, no, no, not this, not the lanky, tall white man, um, but uh, a gangster who, you know what, very well could have been yeah, a tank, th- uh, a lanky white man. He could, he could have been. I had, I had to look it up, but I feel like if I look up Machine Gun Kelly, I'm just gonna get pictures of. Yeah, I think well, you gotta Machine specify Gun Machine Gun Kelly, gangster, gangster. Then it might just be. Yeah. <laughs> Machine Gun Kelly with a giant dollar sign necklace on. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a cane. But, uh... Oh, God. Al Capone was possibly the most well-known prisoner at Alcatraz. And a little bit of background on him. During Prohibition, he committed nearly any crime he could get away with. This included bootlegging, prostitution, gambling, and murder. And by 1924, he was making around $100,000 a week. And in that time? I, I believe so, in that time. His uh, oh, his estimated worth by the time he was arrested was over a billion dollars. Oh, wow. Isn't that just great for him? Yeah. Now, just... Spread the wealth, man. Well, he actually did. He gave back a lot to the community, oddly enough. Which, back in the day, I feel like uh, a lot of these gangsters, you know, they they were from the neighborhood, so they gave back to their community. Like, if you were Italian, you'd give back to your Italian neighborhood. So, you know, he he was here for the people, but also, don't get on his bad side, because you might be swimming with the fishes. No, I won't. I promise. Uh, but despite all of the crimes that he committed, surprisingly enough, what put him behind bars was tax evasion. Yeah, so I guess authorities had difficulty really pinning all these other crimes on him, but they were like, you know what we can't get him for? Not paying his taxes. Tax and that's exactly what they did. Get you every time. It'll get you every time. Listen, I'm afraid of the IRS. I have too. I'm scared. Um, So, they sentenced him to 11 years in federal prison. And he was originally sent to the federal penitentiary in Atlanta. But he wasn't exactly, you know, paying for his crimes. Like, he wasn't wasn't learning anything. Because he made it a habit of bribing guards. And he was able to live in a cell. You got to. Yeah, you got to. Um, it's called, it's called currency. So he bribes the guards yep. and he gets to live in a cell with all these nice amenities that other prisoners just simply didn't get. But yep. on August 22nd, 1934, he was transferred to Alcatraz where he could no longer bribe the guards for special treatment because they felt that he needed to be reformed. And according to an inmate who was named Robert Luke, 
Al Capone was treated just like everyone else in Alcatraz. In fact, not even Capone was able to avoid the attacks that occurred because a lot of times prisoners would commit crimes against other prisoners like stabbings and whatnot and Mm -hmm. in 1936 james tex lucas stabbed al capone with a pair of scissors from the barbershop and for this capone beat lucas with his banjo in retaliation no you get you get banjos you do get banjos because capone played the banjo in a inmate band that was called rock islanders which honestly that's a funny name Hell because they yeah. used to refer to Alcatraz as the rock and obviously they're on an island. Uh-huh. And it's a rock band. That's a good name. <laughs> yeah. It's a good name, man. I'd love to hear them play sometime. Yeah. If only they they were still around, they could drop an album. See them on SoundCloud. Think, well, if they're in heaven or so, where, what if they're, you know, they might be the ones that greet you when you die. The Rock Islanders playing a song in purgatory or something, waiting for it. It's the waiting room before you get into heaven or hell. <laughs> Absolutely. When you're just hanging out, you got to listen to the sweet sounds of Al Capone playing the banjo. And I just envision it being that yeah. song from Deliverance, like the. Yep. Yeah. Um, that's all I thought about too. But uh, yeah, so he was in a band, and rumor has it that today, because again, spoiler alert, Alcatraz is haunted. Oh god! So um, it is said that you can hear Al Capone playing the banjo to this day, specifically around where his cell was. Um, which honestly, mm. that's kind of creepy. Could you imagine? Now envision this. You want a haunted tour, and all you hear is no, fuck that. I'm Make out. But she's clenched. I'm out. Yeah, <laughs> so clenched. Yeah. And during its 29 years of operation, Alcatraz claimed that no prisoner had ever successfully escaped. Well, many had tried. What? Well, well, I'm getting there. <laughs> While many had tried, um, they were often captured or killed in their attempt to escape. However, five are listed as missing and presumed drowned, meaning that they very well could have escaped, but honestly, no one knows. Like, it's not like these people escaped and they were like, hey, we made it. I'm I'm out. out. Come get me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because obviously, if you successfully escape, you're going to be like, I. And you just keep going on with life. Um, So, you know, they can't say, oh, for sure, that they made it to shore. But, yeah, presumed drowned. Uh, However, one prisoner, John Paul Scott, was able to make it to the shore during his escaped attempt. However, when he made it to shore, police found him unconscious and in a hypothermic state. (sighs) Because the Pacific waters are actually, they're just so cold. Which I didn't really, like, I didn't realize this until I was a little bit older. Because, like, when you think of California, you think of sunny California. But the Pacific Ocean is so Uh cold. Yeah, and also, San Francisco is, it's like up north. 
So, in California, when you think about it, it's like one state, but it basically spans like the entire, it'll be like the entire East Coast. So, I don't know where San Francisco will be on that, but, you know, it's above the middle, so it's cold. I would say, at least for some parts of the year. Yes. Yeah. I would say, if I guess maybe if we're comparing it to, you know, the East Coast, it would be like above Virginia. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I didn't want to say something specific, so I don't want to sound dumb, but that's kind of what I was thinking. Like, not quite, maybe like Pennsylvania-ish. Is Pennsylvania above New York? Or Listen, I'm not going to I'm not gonna so. get into details because after Virginia, it does get kind of fuzzy. Um, because all the states are so uh, small and clumped together. They are really small. One crazy thing about California, this, so my cousin recently moved, Brianna, if you're listening, hey, she recently moved to LA, right? So, Yesterday, here, it's like 90 degrees still. She posted on our Snapchat and was like, finally getting to wear fall clothes. And I was like, what do you mean? You live in California. She was like, my car said it was 66 degrees here today. I got my car today. It said it was 99 degrees. And she is in... So, somebody please explain. It doesn't make sense because she's in Southern California too. Um, Uh Uh-huh. She's in Los Angeles. I don't... I don't know. Um... I also saw that, and I was like... We need to move. We need to move, evidently. Because um, I also saw that, and I was like, that doesn't really make sense. But who am I? I I've never been to L.A. I know. Um, but I'd love to go. If I do, I'll hit you up. Bree and Pie Cone. We going out. Yeah, we going out on town. But yeah. So, California is a mystery. Oh, very random. It is also very much a mystery. Um, but... Couldn't say on that. Um, maybe it's because it's it's Hollywood. It's all fake. They just pump out cold air. Mm-hmm. Yup. Maybe that's what a giant air conditioner comes out of the Hollywood. Side. It does. It's just yeah. That's, that's what, what it is. is. We've cracked it. Yep. She Bree just lives on a film set. <laughs> There's the building. <laughs> She's like, it's so the cold. buildings aren't real. They're just like boards that have been painted. Uh-huh. That's yep. gonna be it. Yep. But uh, Alcatraz permanently closed in 1963, and this was mostly because the cost to run it was just so expensive. It cost almost ten dollars per prisoner per day, whereas in other federal prisons like the one in Atlanta, it would cost three dollars a day per prisoner. And the years of salt water just eroding at the buildings made it easy for prisoners to escape. Hence, you know, may have drowned, may have escaped. Because obviously if, you know, these stone walls are eroding, you might be able to just chip away. Yeah, and also I feel like it's got to be a difficult place to run because the only way you can get there is by, like, boat. So, it's got to be hard to get, you know, supplies there. And if people need to go to, like, a real hospital off the island, you got to get them in a boat, do all this. Mm -hmm. Or even, hell, you might even have to fly in a helicopter or something. Now, on to the haunts. So, in the beginning, Native Americans actually believed that the island was inhabited by evil spirits. In fact... Oh. A severe punishment for violating tribal law 
was being isolated on the island for either a short time or you'd be banished to live the rest of your life on the island among the evil spirits. No. No. Yeah. And while the island served as a prison, guards reported hearing sobbing and moaning and encountered horrible smells. Which, when I think of that, I think of like, you know, like the smell of death. Yup, yup. And they would also hear phantom cannons and gunshots, which would make sense because it originally was a prisoner, a prison during wartime. But these sounds were so realistic that guards would actually like, like jolt awake and they would be looking, thinking that a prisoner had like somehow gotten a hold of a gun and was issuing attack. But it was just all ghost guns and they claimed that an entity that they referred to as the thing would appear with glowing eyes and phantom prisoners and soldiers could be seen walking the halls of the jail yeah no no thank you even warden johnson who did not believe in ghosts claimed to hear a woman sobbing accompanied by an icy wind coming over the prison while they would hear the cries and it sounded like the cries were coming from inside the walls of the dungeon which would be weird Mm -hmm. because that prison from my understanding never housed female inmates yeah but i mean if it did actually which i don't know have like native american people banished there back in the day there's a woman could have been there at some point. Mm-hmm. Maybe not necessarily in the jail, but still on the land. Yeah. Now, Block D of the prison is said to be the most haunted block in the prison. The block was known as the treatment unit, and prisoners in D Block had no contact with the general population. Inmates were allowed only one visit to the rec yard and two showers each week. And all meals were served in the cell. Five of the cells in Block D were referred to as the whole. And these were reserved for the most severe offenders of prison rules. These cells were located at the bottom tier, which was the coldest place in the prison. And it contained only a sink, a toilet, and a low wattage light bulb that the guards could turn off so like you know if the guard maybe didn't like you they might just turn it off and you'd be Mm -hmm. sitting in complete darkness the prisoners mattresses would be taken away during the day and they were not allowed at any time in the yard or showers or given reading material so like if you were in the hole you didn't even get a shower You literally would just sit down there for, you know, however long until, you know, you got released. And inmates could be sentenced to as many as 19 days in the hole, completely isolated. No. You you could go crazy in that amount of time. In, like, darkness and without being able to, like, talk to anybody, read anything, do anything. Mm -mm. On one occasion, when an inmate was locked in the hole, he 
he immediately began to scream. And he screamed that uh, someone with glowing red, with glowing eyes, which I'm assuming is the thing, was in there with him. But, you know, the guards were like, whatever, he's being dramatic. So the inmate screamed into the night, and when the guards inspected the cell the following morning, they found the prisoner dead, with a terrible expression on his face, oh. and noticeable handprints around his throat. An autopsies revealed that the strangulation was not self-inflicted. Oh, God. And they never really were able That's to determine who did it. Like, you know, some people were like, oh, it was just the guards. But, like, nobody confessed to it. There's not really a way for us to prove it. So, it very well could have been this entity that they call the thing that just, you know, choked out this man. Today, visitors and staff often report experiencing sudden intense feelings when entering block d and specifically cell 14d which is almost 20 degrees colder from the rest of the cells on the block in cell box c many people believe that the utility passageway where convict bernard coy joseph kritzer Marvin Hubber were killed during their escape in 1946 is also haunted. Loud clanging noises are often heard, but stop when the door is opened, only to resume when the door is again closed. Mm. Some claim that Native American prisoners who perished during the Civil War still haunt the prison reporting whispers and oh and moaning sorry my cursor was over and up and i was like meaning <laughs> reporting meaning. whispering and moaning sounds at night and claiming to see floating blue lights and figures some even report to hear clanking of prison chains and the island is often described as a portal to another dimension as it houses so many spirits of prisoners who seemingly never left. Mm. But you know what? That could make that that would make sense if it was like a portable because like if Native Americans already thought that it had evil spirits on the island before it became a prison. You gotta think, why did it mm -hmm. already have these spirits? Like, where did the spirits come from? Yup. Yup. And it probably just got even worse with the prison on it and all the negative energy just, like, feeding on itself. Oh, absolutely. And especially, like, if people are, you know, desecrating a certain, like, area, mm -hmm. it just, it ain't good. Now today... If you'd like, you can visit Alcatraz. I've never done it. It's on my bucket list. My sister has done it. She said it was really cool. It's considered a national oh, park, so you gotta go out there and you gotta take a boat. But you could do, like, haunted ghost tours, which is pretty cool. And if you yourself were wondering if you could have successfully escaped the island, 
Well, you're in luck because the annual Escape from Alcatraz Triathlon includes a 1.5 mile <laughs> swim from the island to uh, the no. bay shore. Which, you know what? I think to myself, I'm like, one and a half miles? That's not that long. But then I think, yeah, it's not that long in walking. But to be able to yep. swim and tread water for a mile and a half? That's a lot. And you know you're not just going to... Yeah, and you're not just going to be able to just go straight. Because the water's going to push you every which way. So you'll probably end up swimming a lot longer than a mile and a half in reality. I would say. Yeah. Um, don't sign me up for that. I will die. No. I would die. And I, it's too it's cold. But yeah. I would like to no. go... To San Francisco and go to Alcatraz and also go to the Ghirardelli factory. I would also like to go to Alcatraz. Brandon, that's like the only reason he wants to go to California is to go to Alcatraz. So we will make it out there one day. Um, I don't know when, but one day. Yeah, I'd like to go to Alcatraz and, uh, you know, Northern California. They got a lot of cool nature areas. So, you know, mm-hmm. we'll... Oh, Me, yeah. you, Brandon, we all go together. See the full house house? Yeah, we can go see the full house house. So, mm-hmm. everywhere you look. Everywhere you look. <laughs> but that's the story of Alcatraz and the ghosts that inhabit it. Um, so, thank you for that. Thank you for listening to me tell you about it. You're welcome. That was a great story. Alcatraz is fascinating, and the escapes are fascinating. There's actually a show, I think it's on Disney+. Plus. It's almost like a documentary type thing. It's kind of, it can get kind of dry. Brandon, me and Brandon watched it a long time ago, but it kind of tries to, like, see if, I don't know if what group it was that escaped. There was, like, a group that they were trying to prove that they were able to escape, and it goes through it all. It was kind of interesting. I think it was on Disney+. Plus. I don't remember what it's called. But, uh, I believe I yeah, also escapes. watched it, but I think it was initially on, like, National Geographic or something. Uh-huh. Yeah, yep, I, I think so. If, if it's not that specific one, then I've 100% watched another show about it on, like, History Channel with my dad. Because if there's one thing a dad loves, it's the History Channel history so and we 100% watched it and you know they yeah. they try to be simulating like the water and the conditions and all that mm-hmm yep yeah. so yeah Alcatraz is fascinating and I didn't realize I don't guess that it was only operational for like 20 something years like as like a real prison or whatever yeah it wasn't very long that's crazy yeah I guess, but uh, I guess it was just too too scary for the criminals. Too scary. Also, I feel like the people who worked there probably. I mean, I would not want to work out there, like as a, like a correctional officer. I feel like you would just. I'll be scared because you're just like stuck out there. Because what if a riot did happen? Like you are not. You're not in a good spot at that point. Because I'm sure it was probably overcrowded. and There was probably a lot more prisoners than there were guards. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, they house, they did have a lot of guards, and they would actually house the guards and their families. Could you imagine growing up on no. a prison yard? Like, you 
No. Or raising your kids there? No. I know a lot of, like, prisons the wardens used to live on property and have their families there. Which, like, I never got that. But at least if you're, like, you know, at a regular prison, you're still, like, within a community of some sort. But if you're at Alcatraz, you're literally just, like, out there. Like, your community is the prison. Yeah. Must be a real bitch to go grocery shopping. Yeah. No, thank you. I'm out on my aunt. But I would like to visit and then go home. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'd also like to visit and then go home. But, Taylor, what's our theme for next week? So, next week, we're doing kidnappings. Kidnappings. Or abductions. Mm -hmm. Or kidnappers. That's what they call it. Kidnappers. Anything to do with a kidnapping or an abduction. We haven't done anything specifically based on that. Obviously, a lot of crimes have to do with that, but we haven't done any specific kidnappings or kidnappers. Anything to do with kids taking naps. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna take a nap on screen for two hours. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we'll put our sound machine on, and that's how my nephews take their mm-hmm. naps. Wow. I, I could, I'd love a good nap. You know, back, back when people tried to force you to take naps, you don't want to take naps. And when you need a nap, you can't take naps. It don't make sense. It doesn't make sense. I think. I'd like a nap. Or at least a little quiet time. Mm-hmm. For real. But thank you for listening. Um, f- follow us on all of our shit. Um, ta- Taylor mm-hmm. be posted on the Facebook page. Lord, she be posted. I will. I post a lot of memes. I'm in a lot of other Facebook groups for other podcasts. So I come across a lot of good stuff that I'd like to share with y'all. Yeah. Um... Follow us on Instagram, Facebook. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. We don't do anything, but you could go ahead and follow us. Um, you could do you it. Could yeah. do it. You follow us on TikTok. You can follow us on our personal TikToks. And if you did, you would know that I got a haircut. She did. She's now a member of the Coconut Head Club with me. I am. So she can't talk shit about my hair and my mullet anymore. I will still talk to shit. Um... But, you know what? I'm a hypocrite, so. She has Will Byers bangs. Listen, I prefer to say I look like Farrah Fawcett, so why don't you fuck off? No, you're Will Byers. Alright. Um, I'm just gonna go to the upside down. Um, but in the, in the <laughs> meantime, um, please, stay weird. Goodbye. Goodbye.